Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. President Trump took decisive, bold action last night. I don't think there's any question about that. Of course, the response by the now cancerous media um, is just not helping at all. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, a lot to talk about today, obviously, given last night's Oval Office address by the president. Today's show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. My listeners, secure their internet with ExpressVPN. Join them today at expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show on another troubling day, but we got to get information out there. Producer Joe, how are you today? Hey, man, I'm doing good. Just living, you know... Carefully, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know how I else know. to put it. Everyone else is, too. and I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, yeah. Crying no, about it because I'm. It is well what it said. is, and this is how I have to deal with it. Yeah, you know. That's and we'll get through it. it. Yeah, and we're going to deal with this. Um, we're going to do it with facts and information. I got that. I got the address last night. I've got it. There's a lot of other news going mm-hmm. on as well. Oh, it's yeah. not just the coronavirus outbreak. Uh, let's get to it. Today's show brought to you by our buddies at Tommy John. Listen, when it comes when it comes to comfort, down below there's underwear, and then there's Tommy John. The revolutionary clothing brand that's redefined comfort for Americans everywhere, including me. I've been using Tommy John for a long time, way before they were a sponsor, because they're just the best. They're comfortable. And as they say, Tommy John doesn't give an F. They give three Fs, fabric, fit, and function. Tommy John obsesses over every detail and stitch using proprietary fabrics that perform like nothing you've worn before. As a result, Tommy John's men and women's underwear sport a no-wedgie guarantee, comfortable stay-put waistbands, and a range of fabrics that are luxuriously soft, feather-light, moisture-wicking, breathable, and designed to move with you, not against you. So no bunching, no riding up. Tommy John is so confident in their underwear. If you don't love your first pair, you'll get a full refund with the best pair you'll ever wear, or it's free guaranteed. I promise you, I've never returned a pair. They are great. If you prefer to shop in, if prefer to shop in stores, find them over 1,200 retail locations across the country, including Nordstrom's nationwide. Tommy John, no adjustment needed. Give three Fs about your underwear and upgrade today with Tommy John. Hurry to TommyJohn.com slash Dan for 20% off your first order. That's a big savings. That's TommyJohn.com slash Dan for 20% off. TommyJohn.com slash Dan. Go today. Let's go. All right. Here we go. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, as we saw last night, President Trump gave an Oval Office address. There was a couple things that, that didn't go exactly as planned, but there were some very bold measures, which I was talking to my wife beforehand. We were eating some... Um, some dinner right before the address at 9 p.m., the address at 9 p.m. Eastern time. And I said, I'm pretty sure he's going, it's not based on any inside information, folks. I don't want to mislead you. Um, I just was reasonably confident he was going to announce some more wide-ranging travel restrictions into the United uh, United States. As we can see from the Washington Examiner piece, it covered this. I want to get into what's happening, what I think should happening. Obviously, the Dow struggling right now, the S&P, the stock markets, a lot going on, troubling times. We're all going to get through this. I want to stay optimistic. We are the greatest constitutional republic in the history of humankind. So, uh, Kaylee McGee, Washington Examiner, Trump's strategy to contain the coronavirus is extreme but necessary. I agree. As I said to you the other day, ladies and gentlemen, I can tell people not to overreact all I want. Mm -hmm. People are, you're all smart. You're all going to react as you see fit. We are now, as I keep repeating in a classic prisoner's dilemma, prisoner's dilemma, meaning it's hard to tell people don't do this and don't do that. When your neighbors and other people are doing this and that. It's as simple as that. Preparedness does matter, and I think the president is now 
has got a grasp around the problem as he did before and is willing to do what is necessary to stop this. Let's go to the examiner piece to see what he announced. I signed a lot of you listened to the speech, but it's important because there was a couple of missteps during the speech. Um, you know, we have to be candid that they had a later correct. It's not a, it's not the big deal. The media wants, of course, to believe it is. So Trump announced Wednesday night in Oval Office address that the federal government will be restricting travel from Europe. This is important, with the exception of the United Kingdom for the next 30 days. Insurance companies will waive, by the way, it does not include travel goods. They're talking about people. They, they corrected that later. Everybody clear on that? Mm -hmm. That restriction does not include goods. It's for people. Insurance companies will waive all co-pays on cor coronavirus tests, not for treatment, but for tests. That's important, too. Trump also called on Congress to take legislative action to aid small businesses, workers, and those who might be financially affected by the pandemic. He added that the SBA would aid companies harmed by the pandemic through low interest loans. I'm going to get to some more suggestions later. Some readers sent stuff in, uh, listeners, excuse me, uh, that I thought were really good ideas. That's where we started. Now, I can't highlight this enough because the media, ladies and gentlemen, is not helping. They are committed to contributing to the chaos and disorder that is causing mass economic dislocation. I don't believe commensurate with the threat here. I want to get to the Tom Hanks story too and how Tom Hanks, I think, did all of us a public service yesterday. No, I'm not kidding. I'm not talking about by getting sick. I'm talking about by talking about it. I'm going to get to all of that. But the media is not helping. We're going through something right now that's severe. How severe the illness is for those of you under 50, as I, again, I don't believe is commensurate with the response. But why has the response been so dramatic? Because we have people in the media contributing to the chaos. Notably, number three on my list of, uh, of, of dopiest people in the media, now a solid number three, Jim Acosta, who again, despite the fact that we're going through a pretty severe crisis right now, is absolutely committed to keeping the attention on the Chinese propaganda that, God forbid, you call it the Wuhan virus. This is an actual segment last night where, of all the things in the speech last night President Trump proposed, Jim Acosta's worried that he called it a foreign virus, which is exactly where the virus originated. Right. Listen to this dope. Uh, the president referred to the coronavirus as a, quote, foreign virus. Uh, that, that, I think, was interesting because, as I was talking to sources earlier this evening, one of the points that the president wanted to make tonight, wanted to get across to Americans, is that this virus did not start here, uh, but that they're dealing with it. Now, why the president would uh, go as far as to describe it as a foreign virus, that is something we'll also be asking mm -hmm. questions about. But it, it should be pointed out that Stephen Miller, uh, who is a, an immigration hardliner who advises the president, is uh, one of his top domestic policy advisors and speechwriters, right. uh, was a driving force in writing this speech. And I right. think it's going to smack, uh, it's going to come across to a lot of Americans as smacking of uh, xenophobia, uh, right. to use that kind of term in this speech, Chris. <sighs> and you're wondering why the markets are selling off again today. You have toilet paper emptying from the shelves. Can't find a bottle of hand sanitizer from here to Saturn. Why? Because instead of the media giving us calm, sober analysis, what do we have? We have total dipwads like Jim Acosta talking about what is unquestionably, tautologically, factually a foreign virus. He's concerned that Stephen Miller, Trump's immigration guy, may have 
had some input into calling it a farm fraud. I don't even know how to describe to you the stupidity of what Jim Acosta just said. Folks, these people are contributing to the chaos. It has now become cancerous. The stupid virus is spreading through the media rapidly. Here's another one. Joy Reid, noted liar. The FBI, you know, someone hacked into my blog. Remember that Joy Reid from MSNBC? Noted Russian conspiracy theorist. A person, I don't even put her on the dopey scale because she's not even to be taken seriously. I don't even consider her a media person. She's just a blogging conspiratorial liar. Joy Reid, again, contributing to the massive misinformation campaign and making sure that we don't focus on precautions, prescriptions to to stay uh, clean of this virus, none of that. Joy Reid and Acosta want to focus on identity politics and hoaxes. Here's Joy Reid again promoting the fact that the, well, promoting the hoax, I should say, that Trump called the coronavirus a hoax, debunked everywhere. But again, MSNBC allows this, Joy Reid should be suspended for this. But it doesn't matter because it's MSNBC and they can say whatever. Trump never ever called the coronavirus a hoax. That is a total fabrication debunked by every serious person on this planet. But here's Joy Reid again in a time of panic that they're instilling into people again with this nonsense. Good evening. I'm Joy Reid in New York. Uh, As the coronavirus plays out around the world, we're witnessing in real time how the quality of leadership in a country matters. It matters how transparent and frankly competent a government is in a time of crisis like this. Here in the U.S., the Trump administration has struggled to present a coherent and unified message about the coronavirus outbreak, careening from downplaying it with Trump tossing it off as a political hoax to just seemingly scrambling. Now, just to be crystal clear on the stunning idiocy of these people, She dares to criticize the administration, which is doing everything. I have zero doubt, ladies and gentlemen, I am not interested in golden calves or Pravda-like coverage of the president. I'm not. I'm telling you with certainty, they are doing everything they possibly can. This is not priority 1.2, 2.6. Priority 10. It is priority one. Everything else has been sidelined. Everything. And Joy Reid is talking about the administration's mixed messages while she repeats a hoax that Trump called the coronavirus a hoax. Who's really giving us the mixed messages right now, folks? Well, hat tip to Yossi Gesser. Forgive me if I'm saying your name wrong who's been covering the media response to this and how they're inflaming the public and causing a bad situation to get worse. I think deliberately at this point, because it's good for ratings and bad for Trump. It's a double whammy. Here's Politico again, kind of recycling this talking point with headline number one about the mismanagement and the mixed messages. Now the Trump team doesn't know what they're doing. Here we go. Politico. Trump's mismanagement helped fuel the coronavirus crisis by Dan Diamond. Pay attention to that. Mismanagement. This is their new thing, folks. They have two talking points. Trump mismanagement. They must get this from focus groups. Maybe Dan Diamond. I don't know. Maybe someone leaked to him what a Democrat focus group said. Said mismanagement. That's a good talking point. Secondly, the testing. 
that didn't go well with the CDC originally. Those are their two talking points. Again, they're not interested in helping you. They're interested in fostering the chaos. So Dan Diamond, again, the media's point has been Trump mixed messages, not their mixed messages, Trump's mixed messages. So Dan Diamond and Politico are like, Trump has mismanaged this. We heard that from a focus group. This is the talking point we're going to stick to. That's interesting. Let's go to Politico. Another uh, piece that they had from Politico a little while ago. White House dramatically scales up U.S. response to unprecedented coronavirus by Dan Diamond a month ago. Now, Joseph, as the audience referee here, Dan Diamond, who just a few uh, days ago wrote an article about Trump's mismanagement, was writing a month ago, a little over a month ago, about the unprecedented response. Yeah, it looks that way. So what is it, Dano? Right. Is it an unprecedented response, meaning the Trump team took it so seriously there was no precedent? Joe, just checking. You can be my de facto dictionary.com. Do. Unprecedented means without precedent, correct? That's true, Dan. Thank you, sir. So Dan Diamond a month ago, Trump team, so serious, the response was unprecedented. Mm-hmm. Dan Diamond now, total mismanagement. Almost as if a focus group got in between Dan Diamond and yeah. the truth in the last month and said, Dan, you can't put out unprecedented response. Yeah. Unprecedented response seems to imply that Trump took this so seriously. His response, there's no precedent for it. It was so serious. You can't write that. We have to write he's mismanaged this. Ooh. But remember, Joy Reid is right, Joe, of course. Well, it's Trump putting out the mixed messages. Yeah, here. right. Okay. <laughs> so I'm not mean to let because this is a deadly. But yeah, I, I really yeah. I need this one. So I need because this is so dumb. I. Ugh. Okay, moving on. Here's Dan Diamond again in a tweet. Remember, Trump's putting out the mixed messages, not Dan Diamond, Politico, right. and others. Here's an actual tweet from Dan Diamond. Yes, in late January, Trump's initial responses were widely hailed as strong and appropriate responses. But in the last five weeks, as tests failed, as there was no backup test plan, nonsense, as staff feuded, made up, as Americans were left stuck on cruises, what did you want them to do? Officials' own frustration is growing because he got called out by Yossi Gestetner. Forgive mm-hmm. me, Yossi, forgive me if I'm saying your name wrong, yes. Because he got called out on his own nonsense. So what was an unprecedented response turned into what? A precedented, unprecedented response? So, here's another headline from Politico. But remember, it's Trump that's giving out the mixed messages. So Politico, he's mismanaged this thing. This is this guy doesn't know what he's doing. Here's another Politico headline, which is put out about six or seven different versions of the same story. Coronavirus quarantine travel ban could backfire, experts fear. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're having trouble, this is just days after the Dan Diamond article about the unprecedented response that he's now backtracking on. So just to be clear, Dan Diamond is tweets complaining about not allowing a ship to dock that had infected patients while we figured out how to clear the ship. A perfectly appropriate and sound response based on the infection science and pathogens. The same outlet he writes for was complaining about the travel ban saying it would backfire. If you're having trouble following this, please understand that's their intention. The media is in love with this chaos. It hurts Trump. 
and it contributes to the chaos. They love it and it gets clicks. This is all they want. This Dan Diamond cannot even surgically remove his own head from his rectum. He doesn't know what story's correct. They stopped the ship from docking. You just, your outlet just wrote a month ago that the travel quarantine was a bad idea. Now you want to let a travel ship with infected patients dock? What story's right, Dan? Is it an unprecedented response he's taken seriously or is he mismanaging it and not taking it seriously? Which one of your articles is true? Only one thing is true here. You're a liar and a fraud and you're desperate for clicks and you're desperate to hurt the president. Absolutely infuriating. Now, on a serious note, Let me get you some serious information out here and let me get you as well why I think we may be turning the corner on this because I don't want to leave you in a macabre mood, but I don't want to sit here and put lipstick on this either. This is serious. Again, the question I keep telling you is not, is this serious? That's already been asked and answered. Of course it is. Question is how serious and how should we price the risk and what should we do about it? The Daily Mail, which Paul always comments, and she's correct, has the longest headlines ever. Please read the show notes. His story's in there. Italy is in trouble right now. There's a lot of theories as to why Italy's had such a bad bout of it. Maybe because of the, they kiss each other on the cheek a lot. That's, you know, mm. that's of course, a small factor, mm-hmm. but it's probably a factor. But Italy announces all shops except pharmacies and food outlets will be closed as the corona death toll climbs by 31% to 827 in 24 hours and ICUs are advised to stop treating the elderly. Folks, this is serious. This is, Italy's in real trouble right now. There have been some triage techniques set up, as we can see from the Daily Mail piece, where some of these hospitals that don't have respirators, and an, or I should say, to be precise, precision matters, especially now at least to us, if not to the media folks. They don't have enough equipment to treat everyone. So, quote, in another development, top doctors suggested that rather than admit patients on a first-come, first-served basis, hospitals should swap to catastrophe medicine, typically used in war zones and during natural disasters where those with the greatest chance of survival are given priority. In other words, rationing. If a limit on beds is implemented, it can mean elderly patients with no signs of coronavirus being uh, being turned out of ICU wards to make space for younger patients who have longer left to live. The guidelines should apply to all patients needing intensive care treatment and not just those suffering from corona, according to guidance published this week by this uh, organization. Listen, I'm out here to put lipstick on that for you, okay? That's bad. Got a lot of people in Italy. You understand what they're saying there, right? Yeah, that they're rationing beds and hospital equipment, not based on who arrives at the hospital first, but who is younger and healthier, a triage type situation, meaning some elderly folks who come in not with Corona may come in with the flu, some unrelated pneumonia, some other infection Mm -hmm. may not get adequate care because they're being triaged to death. Serious, unquestionably. We're not here again to gloss over anything. Now, let me leave you what, what I believe may be. I think we may be he- turning the bend on this. I'm not saying on the number of infections, that's probably going to grow in the United States. I think that's obvious at this point. The question I've been asking the whole time is not, is it serious? Yes, it's serious. I just told you the number of infections are going to grow. The question is how serious? And I believe a lot of the media misinformation 
and a lot of the fear of the unknown. We don't know what Corona is, has contributed to a, I believe, a disproportionate response. Disproportionate responses are solved by education, facts, and data. Paula asked me an interesting question last night. She said, why do you think there wasn't such an outbreak with the H1N1 swine flu? And I said, a couple of reasons. Number one, Trump wasn't in office. But secondly, I believe a more practical reason. I believe generally calling it the flu, which is what it was, a variant of it. Mm -hmm. People understood. They know the flu. They know what it is. They know people die. And over decades of having dealt with the flu, knowing someone with the flu, having caught the flu, or just years and years of the public dealing with the flu, people knew how to price the risk and didn't overreact. Coronavirus is not the flu. It's not called the flu because it's not the flu. And I think that uncertainty is causing uncertainty in what the costs are going to be for people. Now, having said that, without further ado, I want to show you a story from the New York Times that says everything you need to know about this right now in one headline. The story's about Tom Hanks, pretty famous actor, you know, Forrest Gump and Castaway fame. New York Times, listen to this headline by Damien Cave, because again, it says everything you need to know in one headline. Tom Hanks got sick in Australia where coronavirus testing is a snap. Why does that headline encompass everything you need to know about where we are right now? Because ladies and gentlemen, in that headline, they leave out the most important part of that, which Tom Hanks has done the public a great service by putting this information out. He was clear in putting out that he and his wife, Rita, and I, I, I wish nothing but the best for them. This is no time for BS or garbage or stupid stuff. I God bless you, and I hope you get through this, you, your wife, and anyone else who may have been infected through contact with you from the bottom of my heart. But Tom Hanks was pretty clear in the piece that his symptoms were relatively mild. Having said that, that obviously is, Tom Hanks is over 60. That obviously is not the case for everyone. People over 60 with other health problems, this is really serious and could be deadly. But ladies and gentlemen, for the major, overwhelming majority of people under the age of 60 or 50 with no other health issues, this is serious, it's an issue, but it is overwhelmingly not life-threatening. Hanks put out in his piece that it resembled a cold. He thought they had the cold. Again, information is what's going to get us through this. It will allow us to appropriately live our lives and price our risks and determine what risks we are or aren't willing to take. It's the confusion fostered by the media that is not helping. Now, what does that have to do with the headline? Now that we all know someone, pretty much everyone knows Tom Hanks. The problem with Corona is nobody knew someone with it because there weren't that many infections. Now that we know someone, everybody will watch Tom Hanks, hopefully, God willing, recover in the next few days or few weeks, and hopefully we'll hear from Tom Hanks and they'll understand they'll be able to more adequately price what the risk to them is. But that's not what the New York Times focuses on in the headline. Do you notice the second line of the headline? Tom Hanks gets Corona, but luckily he was in Australia where the test kits are everywhere mm -hmm. because the test kits is talking point number two. Mm -hmm. Trump mismanaged it, number one. Mixed messages, that's media talking point number one. Number two, again, they're not, willing, they're not looking to help. This is to score political points. Number two, the testing kits. Folks, the CDC botched 
the testing kit rollout. There's no question about it. But there was a reason that it was botched. They weren't sure they would work. They were afraid of false positives and everybody took a step back. It has been fixed. Also, as I've told you repeatedly, a talking point the New York Times chooses to largely ignore in favor of hysteric, uh, hysteria and hyperbolic nonsense. They leave out all the key details. The reason we couldn't get testing kits out with state labs, state colleges, and state research labs is because there were some FDA regulations in the way. As I have only repeated now, 10 or 20 times on this show. The president and the vice president got wind of this, ordered the FDA to dump those regulations immediately, and the testing kits are now going out by the hundreds of thousands, if not the millions, by the end of the two weeks. Was it a problem? Yes. Who fixed the problem? The Trump team and the vice president. Again, the New York Times. They could have in their piece. Tom Hanks tests positive for corona, says it felt like a cold. Could have done the public a huge favor and allowed them facts and data to adequately price their own risk. That's not what they did. Tom Hanks, Corona, and the testing kits. Thank God he's not in the United States. He's in Australia. Had to, had to make sure they got that cheap shot in the title. You have to read down the first couple of paragraphs to find out that Hanks indicated that his symptoms weren't that severe. I'm not even, again, in the interest of keeping politics out of this because I'm not going to contribute to the media melee and the chaos here. It doesn't even matter at this point what administration put those guidelines in place. You figure it out. But I'm telling you, me putting it out there to score points against they did it or they did it is irrelevant. The bottom line is the Trump team saw the FDA was in the way and said, get out of the way and let them fix the testing problem. A fact, again, frequently ignored by the media or written in such a way to make it look like it was Trump's problem that he started it rather than fixing it. Absolutely disgraceful. All right, moving on. I got more about this. I'm, I'm, this is important. This is, we, I, I'm, I'm convinced this is our job right now to be a lighthouse here in this media fog. Let me get to one of my other sponsors today. Today's show also brought to you by our buddies at Helix Sleep. Gosh, we've used them in the last few days. My wife and I have, you know, been uh, dutifully concerned about what's going on. We have kids. Everybody should be concerned, of course. Um, but facts and data matter. We've been getting a good night's sleep, though, lately, thanks to my Helix Sleep mattress, which really does matter. They have a quiz that takes just two minutes to complete, matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. You a side sleeper like me, a hot sleeper, definitely me. You like a plush or a firm bed with Helix? There's no more confusion and no more compromising. Helix Sleep is rated the number one mattress by GQ and Wired Magazine. It is by far the most comfortable mattress I've ever slept on. We have two. We have one for my daughter, too, and we absolutely love them. Finest night sleep ever had. It's like sleeping on a cloud. Just go to helixsleep.com slash Dan. Take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a mattress for you. The best sleep of your life is waiting for you at Helix Sleep. I took the quiz. I was matched up to a Helix Midnight Lux. It's medium firm and designed for side sleepers like me. It helps with my shoulder too. I've been sleeping on it for years. I love it. They have a 10-year warranty. You get to try it out 100 nights risk-free. That's how confident they are. You're going to love their product. You don't like it, they'll pick it up for you. You're not going to like it. You're going to love it. I'm sure of it. Right now, Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders for our listeners. That's a lot of savings. Go to helixsleep.com slash Dan for up to $200 off your mattress order. 
helixsleep.com slash Dan. Go today. Helix sleep, H-E-L-I-X sleep.com slash Dan. Go today. Okay. So again, just one more here contributing to the media chaos here, which is just unforgivable at this point. They are, they cannot escape the Chinese propaganda that we're not supposed to call this thing Wuhan. So again, showing you how useless in a time of crisis the media has become. Here's a tweet from the New York Times, Hat Tip Daily Caller, where I saw this on their Twitter feed. Just good work here. The New York Times calling everyone who calls it the Wuhan virus, which is what it is, says some conservatives, including Pompeo, Tom Cotton, and Gosar, are using the term Wuhan virus, which is what it is, by the way, to describe COVID-19. Critics accuse the term, which goes against the recommendations of health officials, being racist and xenophobic. This is what these idiots are concerned with. Except for the fact when you go to the New York Times, what, just a couple of weeks before in their own tweet, remember, calling it the Wuhan virus is racist. New York Times, the Wuhan virus has turned up in Japan, South Carolina, Thailand, Singapore. Oh, I, yep. I, I can't even be this. This is, this is the stupid we're dealing with. Yep. This is the stupid we're dealing This is what we're dealing with. This is this is the this is the media in a time of national crisis made worse by the media. This is what the media is concerned about. Stunning. Ironic, by the way, at the NBA, which had this beef with China in the beginning and then acquiesced to them, is now, if you missed the story, by the way, threatening to uh, uh, cancel the season or has at least postponed the season thus far. Apparently, a lot of the players are upset about that. Here is one of the players who was apparently. Um, According to news reports, was infected. This guy, Rudy Gobert, I don't know what he was thinking here, but you can see in this video, uh, for those of you who want to watch it, I'll describe it for you if there's any. It's, uh, he's touching. He was giving a presser. He left the press conference and decided it was a good idea to touch the microphone and the table thinking he was being funny. It's not funny. It's not funny. I don't know if he thought it was a joke. It's just not funny. Folks, this isn't the time for stupid gallows humor, okay? It's just not funny. It's not funny. What he was thinking with that. Okay, I got some listener email yesterday a lot, received a boatload of listener emails on feedback about what we can do. One of the proposals I suggested yesterday, which I'm going to stick to today, is a tax cut and a big one, an enormous middle class tax cut long term. Ladies and gentlemen, we don't need any short term fixes right now. We need a long-term fix. I would like to see a corporate tax cut as well. Let's get that money back in the economy. Let's do it now. Let's cut all unnecessary government spending and focus it's where it's needed right now on virus mitigation measures. That's my plan. Well, listeners sent in something interesting though, which uh, uh, hat tip Luke. Good job. I'm not going to mention your last name, of course. Luke's a CPA. He said, you know what would help right now too? A massive capital gains tax cut. Hmm. A lot of landowners, stock owners, and others who are going to pay a pretty massive hit on their stocks when they sell them in their land and assets. Wipe that clean. Zero that out. Zero it out right now. Let's let the capital flow freely where it's needed into small businesses and elsewhere. Zero it out. He brings up a good point. A lot of landholders whose land is appreciated due to inflation and other things can't sell the land. Why? Because if they sell the land, they're going to get a massive tax bill they can't afford. Zero that out. Let's let capital flow freely. Let them sell the land to people who may have a better use for it. If people don't want their stocks right now, let them sell them. Get rid of this capital gains. Uh, capital gains for stocks probably not going to be an issue right now, given the uh, damage going on in the market. Mm. Great idea, Luke. I've been reading all your feedback, and I really enjoy it. It's a great idea. Zero out the capital gains tax. 
You will see this economy once we get a hold of this and a vaccine is announced and we start getting better information and people can price the risk and realize what the threat is to them based on their age and health condition. I'm telling you, this economy is going to recover. It is going to recover. We have been through this before with Spanish flu. We've been through it before with H1N1. We've been through it here in South Florida with the Zika scare. We have been through this before. We will get through this. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. We are going to come out of the other side of this. The overwhelming majority of people in my listening audience right now understand this. Even if you are infected, if you are young and you are healthy, you will get through this likely with no long-term damage. If you are older, this is very serious and should be taken seriously. We're going to have to ride out the next few months, but you will all likely get through this too. It is not a death sentence, even if you are older. It is not. And before we move on to our next topic, I'm just asking you to please do your own homework and avoid at all costs the mainstream media. You are not getting information. You are getting misinformation. All right. In other news, because there is a lot going on, although related, but in a separate topic, legal insurrection has great coverage of the Supreme Court putting out a stay yesterday on the Remain in Mexico policy to be clear on what this is. President Trump, the Migration Protection Protocols are called the MPP, put out a thing saying if you're going to put out an edict, if you're going to request asylum in the United States, you have to do it from Mexico. That's the end of it. Of course, liberal states say, no, you should be able to walk into the United States and claim asylum, which is insane. Headline, legal insurrection by the great Bill Jacobson. Trump, remain in Mexico asylum rule continues. Supreme Court stays a lower court injunction from the 99th. Now, it's a stay. A stay on a lower court injunction saying, no, no, people can just come on in and do whatever they want, claim asylum wherever they want. Mm -hmm. It will get its day in the Supreme Court. But for now, that policy of forcing people claiming asylum to remain in Mexico is allowed to stand. Not unrelated to everything that's going on right now with our border control. To be fair, there's not a the the outbreak has not been uh, it, it's obviously bad in Europe right now. South and Central America have not had a significant a problem. Having said that, border control is an imperative right now, no question about it. So the good news is Trump's remain in Mexico migrant protection protocols. You have to claim asylum from Mexico. You can't come into the United States. Is stayed for now. Good news. Again, there's other things going on out there besides Corona. Let's get to more. Um, just a tease, if you don't mind. I am taping today at four o'clock an interview with Dr. Chris Centeno. Forgive me if I'm saying the doc's name wrong. I covered his article at RegenX the other day. His article went nuclear. He's a medical doctor. It's for, it works for RegenX. He put out another article. Coronavirus myths are spreading faster than the virus. I believe he's been a sober voice. His team reached out. We're going to interview him today at four o'clock. It will be a coronavirus special, about 30 to 45 minutes from a medical doctor on some of the some of the things we'll cover, the mortality rate. There's been some conflicting evidence on how long it survives on services, what the safe distance is in the air. We'll be asking this medical doctor all of these questions. We will launch it tomorrow. There'll be a regular show tomorrow, too. We'll be launching this at some point tomorrow. We will be recording it today. Just a tease on that. If you want to get ahead of it, you can read that Regenex article I just posted. Be in the show notes today. Bongino.com slash newsletter for the show notes. Okay. Now, the theme of today's show, intentionally, or it's been this cancerous media coverage of everything. I want to continue with some more stunning developments because there's other news out there about where the media spun you up again 
on this Spygate Flynn debacle. And now that the story is totally changed and completely done a 180, you're not hearing anything outside of largely conservative media now that the corrections have been made. Before I get there, let me get to my last sponsor because this is gonna this is gonna be a good segment. You didn't hear any of this anywhere, I'll bet, outside of conservative media about what just happened about Russia and Russia's helping Trump again. All right, finally, today's show brought to you by our friends at Ashford University. Listen, distance learning's been a priority lately. Ashford University is the place to go. Ashford University, ashford.edu slash Bongino. We all have an idea of what our dream job looks like. But someone isn't just going to hand it to you. Odds are you need at least a bachelor's degree to make that dream a reality. I know it's hard to go back to school while you're working. I did it, ladies and gentlemen. I did a distance learning program at Penn State. It was terrific. It was the best thing that ever happened to me. I learned more through distance learning, I'm not kidding, than I did going to a brick and mortar. Not a joke. That's why you'll love Ashford University. It's convenient and flexible. Ashford University's online bachelor's and master's degree programs allow you to learn at your own pace. You can study wherever you're the most comfortable learning. Take one course at a time. Ashford University's six-week-long courses, that's right, six-week-long courses, allow you to take one course at a time. Being enrolled in one class at Ashford means you're considered a full-time student. Distance learning, I'm telling you, was one of the best experiences. I can't speak highly enough about it. I enjoyed it. I learned a ton. No standardized tests are required. The SAT, GRE, GMAT, and other standardized test scores are not required for enrolling at Ashford University. Ashford University is fully accredited by WASC Senior College and University Commission. Get on the road to earning your degree and making your dream job a reality today. Enroll now by going to ashford.edu slash Bongino. That's ashford.edu slash Bongino to start your degree today. Ashford.edu slash Bongino. Go today and check them out. Thank you, Ashford U. Okay, so... You know, the disinformation campaign and the absolute fecklessness of the hapless media is getting more grotesque. By the day, I will always defend their First Amendment right to a free press till the day I die. But again, as I always say, that includes the right to be stupid. And unfortunately, the media has to take us up on that offer at every opportunity. Did you see this story? The great Jerry Dunleavy over at Washington Examiner is all over this stuff as a piece up in the show notes. That is an absolute must read because your liberal friends who are always confused, um, some of them a little dopey, are probably still promoting the talking point. The IC, the intelligence community said the Russians are back again in an effort to help Donald Trump. You've heard that, right? You heard, remember that story? Hmm. <coughs> Problem is, it's all been debunked. Jerry Dunleavy, Washington Examiner. Not a Russia only problem. The intelligence community disputes the media's 2020 interference reports. Shocker. Shocker. As we heard, what, two or three weeks ago, the media from a leak likely from one of Adam Schiff's staff, Adam Schiff or one of the hapless, collusion, hoaxing, feckless um, uh, Democrats up on the Hill, again, interested in promoting disinformation on behalf of the Russians and everyone else, leaked to the media. Remember, an intelligence briefing happened up here, folks. This was the story. And they told us that the Russians are back in 2020 in the election and they're back to help Donald Trump. Now that that story has through media driven uh, osmosis. Hmm. Through through uh, through membrane gradients has pushed through to the collective membrane of the United States, the idea that the Russians are back to help Trump. And it's been festering now like a, uh, I'll leave the grotesque examples out. Thank you. Now that it's been festering like a pustulating infectatum for three weeks. (laughs) 
to quote my friend Charlie, my old Secret Service friend. Now the truth comes out, Joe, but it doesn't matter because liberal imbeciles and their media allies have already told you that it's true. That's right. The Russians are back and they're helping Trump. Here from Jerry Dunleavy's actual piece. Now, of course, now that it's festered for a while, now we get the unclassified fact sheet from the DNI about what actually happened in the briefing. We get the fact sheet from the actual director of national intelligence. Quote, the intelligence community has not concluded that the Kremlin is directly aiding any candidate's re-election or any other candidate's election. By the way, folks, Bernie Sanders, too, was accused of the same thing. Nor have we concluded that the Russians will definitely choose, choose to do so in 2020. The fact sheet reads, this is not a Russia-only problem. China, Iran, and other countries like North Korea, Cuba, and other non-state actors all have the opportunity, means, and potential motive to interfere in the 2020 elections as a way to achieve their goals. Yeah. So again, ladies and gentlemen, if you do you understand why I relentlessly focus on media coverage here? I, it's a shame. It makes me genuinely sad and so, full of sorrow. I'm not kidding that we have to waste America's time on correcting legions of false data points put out by a bogus, destructive, hoaxing, collusion-promoting, conspiracy theorist group of imbeciles in the mainstream media. It is really sad. But if I don't do this, no one will. And you will actually be under the belief that the coronavirus is going to kill everybody, that we're all going to die that we should all be living in caves and that the Russians are back again in 2020 to help Trump, despite the fact that that's not at all what was said in the actual briefing. But again, you probably won't hear a lot about Jerry Dunleavy's piece because it's not in the media's interest to promote the fact that the intelligence community said nothing of the sort that the Russians are back to help Trump or Bernie for them. Remember, I'm no friend of Bernie. Bernie's a total yeah, fraud. Right. Let me be crystal clear. But remember that story too? It's not just the media reporting that Trump was going to get uh, help by the Russians, but Bernie, too. Conveniently, Bernie's an enemy of the establishment Democrats, and it leaked just in time that the Russians were helping Bernie. Apparently, according to the IC, that's another bogus story, too. The downfall of our constitutional republic is going to be this media. It's going to be this media. Matter of fact, this, this uh, dope at the BBC who showed up at a speech I gave the other day wrote this story about it saying, hey, Dan Bongino is blaming the media. Yes. The verdict is in, ladies and gentlemen. That is absolutely true. And I have the evidence to back it up. You have reported misinformation on a daily basis, whether on the Ukraine hoax, the whistleblower hoax, the Spygate hoax, or your coverage of the coronavirus outbreak, which has been devastatingly awful. Trump's mismanaging it. He's overreacted. Trump's mismanaging it. He's underreacted. Trump doesn't know what he's doing. Trump knew what he was doing in January. What Trump did in January was dopey. It was racist. What Trump did today was racist. What Trump, we're calling it Wuhan is racist. We're short testing kits. Down in the other article. Remember the article from yesterday, Politico? We're not short testing kits. This is your media. Democracy does die in the darkness. And the lights are being turned off by these media imbeciles. <sighs> Astonishing. Astonishing. We're living through this. All right, I got to, this is another, I, I, shame on me if I don't get to this today. All right, we got time. Good. John Solomon, his excellent new website out there, Just the News. 
Solomon has a piece up we have to cover because it's really stunning in its gravity. John Solomon, March 11, 2020. FBI's collusion case fell apart in the first month of the Trump presidency. New memos show. Now, the information in here is astounding. Let me get to the first screenshot first, because a lot of you who are regular listeners to the show know that in January of 2017, the first month of the Trump presidency, as Solomon indicates in the headline, the FBI interviewed on January 7th, January 7th, Christopher Steele, who produced the dossier, they interviewed his subsources, who he said he was getting his information from. Subsources who told the FBI in January, this case is BS, and that doesn't stand for Bernie Sanders. It's garbage. And yet the FBI continued interviewing anyway and renewed the FISA warrant three times, three times despite knowing it was based on the Steele dossier and it was all a hoax. But something else happened in January of 2017. Not just the subsource interview. Look at what happened to Mike Flynn. They get this memo from the Mueller team that John Solomon got his hands on. Listen to this. You want to talk about the hoax of the decade, the biggest witch hunt ever for Mike Flynn. Quote, according to an internal DOJ memo dated January 30th, 2017, ladies and gentlemen, just weeks after they interview Steele's source and find out their whole case is a hoax, after the January 24th <laughs> interview, the FBI advised that based on the interview, the FBI did not believe Mike Flynn was acting as an agent of Russia. Mueller's team wrote in the letter, wait, what? Come, come again on this? So just to be clear here, hmm. we've known on this show for well over a year now that in January of 2017, the FBI knows they're investigating a hoax because the guy perpetrating the hoax, Christopher Steele, his sources are interviewed and tell them it's a hoax. Right. We now know as well that the FBI interviews Mike Flynn at the end of January and that a memo was sent in the DOJ indicating that they knew conclusively that Mike Flynn was not colluding with the Russians. Can you put that up again? I just want you to understand the gravity of this. Mike Flynn was going to go to jail over this, but according to an internal memo, the FBI advised that based on the interview they did with Flynn, they didn't believe Flynn was acting as an agent of Russia. Holy Moses. Now, read this. and th That's not it in Solomon's piece. That's not the only little nugget in there. Mm. What else happened in January of 2017? Well, I just told you about the interview. Solomon's got a little bullet point timeline here. He says, quote, in rapid fire sequence in January of 2017, U.S. officials, one, received multiple warnings about the credibility of Christopher Steele and his dossier. They that's fact from the U.K., folks. U.K., don't trust this guy. January 2017. Goes on. In January of 2017, they affirmed that key targets of the FBI's counterintelligence probe made exculpatory statements denying collusion to undercover sources. Uh, okay. So their targets actually made statements saying they were innocent. And it concluded in January of 2017, they concluded that retired Lieutenant General Mike Flynn 
Trump's national security advisor, was not engaged in collusion with the Russians. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, do you, again, do you understand how profound what we're telling you today is? <laughs> they knew Flynn was innocent. They knew the dossier was a hoax. And they knew the people they were targeting, Carter Page and George Papadopoulos, were innocent because they had made statements on recordings to informants that they were innocent. And yet the case proceeded. Now, you may say, you've had a media angle for this whole show today. Where's the media? Yeah, that was kind of a law enforcement intelligence community-centric angle. They clearly engaged in what I believe at this point may be potentially criminal behavior. Starting, initiating, and continuing a case based on what we now know to be an unquestioned hoax. Of course, your liberal friends don't know any of this because they're blockheads. But you may say, did the media know this? And if they did know this, that Mike Flynn was innocent, then surely they shouldn't have continued the hoax against Mike Flynn. No, no, they did know. Look at this reporting from NBC. Check this out. How come this wasn't all over the place forever? Fusion Ken Delanian. You know Fusion Ken, who gets all the leaks when they needed something. FBI finds nothing amiss in Flynn Russia, eaves, uh, Flynn Russia eavesdrop, official tells Ken Delaney. You may say, why would Ken report this, Fusion Ken? By the way, when's that article? Right back in January of 2017. Mm -hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, I believe at this point, the intelligence community, the FBI, again, knows they got worked by the, by the CIA, led by John Brennan, and knows they were pushed into an investigation based on a hoax. They know about Flynn on August 10th and how the helper shows up. Remember, the FBI opens up cases on everybody but Flynn on August 10th. Magically, the next day, a source helper shows up, has information about Flynn. And then a dossier shows up about Flynn on the same day. I believe this was at the impetus of this operation to target Flynn. I think the FBI, some people are trying to clear the deck here. But some aren't. And once they figure out that they're not going to get anything on Trump through these wiretaps and they already reported this on Flynn, they go back to the Flynn stuff later on because that's all they've got. Well, we already said he was innocent. Doesn't matter. Go back to it. Keep repeating the fact that he could be a Russian. Disgusting. What's my evidence of that? You see my point here? <laughs> that they start to give up in January on the collusion hoax, and they know they're, I know this is going to be difficult. Please follow me. In January of 2017, it's clear now that everybody knows it's a hoax. The Flynn thing's a hoax. The Page thing is a hoax. The Papadopoulos thing is a hoax. Yeah. The whole dossier is a hoax. Right. The FBI, instead of clearing the deck, has to put out something. So they have to go to a different angle now because they, they're reasonably confident they're not going to get them on this conspiracy to collude with the Russians charge. So they start moving to different things. Mm -hmm. So on Flynn, they start moving to the lying to the FBI story because they, again, he's Mike Flynn and they want to make sure he goes down. But they start moving to a different angle on Trump too, which I predicted back in my show as our audience archivist Judy knows a long time ago. I told you once collusion collapsed, which it did pretty much immediately, that they were going to move to the obstruction charge. And John Solomon has an absolutely fascinating angle on this. John Solomon writes in his piece that this February meeting now, Jim Comey has with Donald Trump, now becomes awfully suspicious. 
Jim Comey, director of the FBI, has this meeting with President Trump in February, and Comey knows what, Joe, conclusively at this point, that this whole right. thing Nothing. is a hoax. So Solomon has an interesting theory here that he's getting wind of, which, again, if you're a regular listener, you're probably familiar with. Comey shifts immediately, understanding the collusion thing is a hoax, to trying to get Trump on what? Obstruction of justice. And what better way to do it than to go and feed him selective pieces of information in the White House, wait for the response, the firing of Comey and others, months later, and then suggest by the hiring of Mueller that those responses to these briefings and otherwise were in fact him obstructing obstructing the investigation. I know that's a little hard to understand, but follow me because it's a brilliant, brilliant point. It's a little bit of 4D chess, but you need to understand Solomon makes a brilliant point. They know Comey at this point knows they're investigating a hoax, unquestionably. Instead of just saying to the president, I'm sorry you've been a victim of this, we screwed up. Comey, this devious, lying buffoon, the biggest snake in this whole thing, maybe with the exception of Brennan, but I'm not even sure. Comey goes to the White House and uses his briefings with Trump and the response to those briefings as evidence that Trump is obstructing justice because obstructing justice is all they have because collusion's a hoax. Right. Think about this. Yeah. Brief him on the collusion hoax, leave out select information. If he fires me or anyone else, then use those firings to get Mueller appointed to invent to investigate him for obstructing justice based on an investigation that was based on a hoax the whole time. Freaking genius, man. Setup artist. Genius. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. That's how devious these people were. Brilliant point. It's in Solomon's piece. Read it. It's up at the show notes again. Bongino.com slash newsletter. Please check it out. Do we, uh, Paul, do we have that Bernie thing with the Finland stuff? Do we have that? I don't have it. Okay. One more listener email I got. They sent me the article. I'll put it in, uh, I'll put it in the show notes today, but you can check it out. One final point. Someone brought up the fact that Bernie Sanders, an, uh, an email from a listener, keeps bringing up Finland. I, I told you yeah. already that he keeps uh, slurring Denmark by saying they're socialists. Denmark's own prime minister has said, we are not socialists. Stop slurring us. But he keeps bringing up, oh, here we go, Finland. But he keeps bringing up Finland, too, in their healthcare system. An astute listener of the show, a viewer of the show on YouTube, sent me this article. This is We actually covered this from uh, CNBC and Reuters. Finland's government resigns after healthcare reform fails. <laughs> so Bernie Sanders, Bernie. We need, to, we need to be more like Finland with their healthcare system. Why did their government resign? Because they couldn't figure out how to handle the finances. They were facing financial collapse over their broken healthcare system. Again, folks, Bernie supporters and other socialist medicine supporters out there, don't let these facts get in the way of your stupid arguments. I understand you're committed to absolute absurdity and ridiculosity at all times. But citing Finland as an example, when Finland is in fact collapsing in front of her eyes, or was because they couldn't handle the finances of a government-run healthcare system, is just peak stupidity. But you guys and ladies, unfortunately, who believe in this stuff, socialism are very good at that. All right, thanks again for tuning in. I really appreciate it, folks. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel, especially during this time. I want to get you accurate information, and I'm genuinely afraid you're not getting it anywhere else. 
youtube.com slash Bongino. It's all free. We really appreciate that. And also go to the app on your iPhone, Apple Podcasts, and subscribe to our show there for our audio show. We always appreciate it. It means a lot to us. Helps us move up the charts. Thanks again. I have the interview today, 4 p.m. We will launch that tomorrow. It is going to be a 30, 45-minute special from a medical doctor. Everything you need to know about corona. Real information, not media hysteria. Thanks for tuning in, folks. I'll see you all tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.